Okay, so this morning I'm, I'm going to share uh, an end of year message uh, for 2023, uh, or you might want to call it a new year message as we look ahead to 2024. Uh, I share what I share this morning, uh, recognising that this message will not be the be-all and end-all, uh, the full and complete answer to your 2024. Um, but I do hope and pray that it will point each one of us in the right direction as we think about the year that has passed, but also as we look ahead to this new year and all that is to come. And the reality is we have no idea what's going to happen in 2024. Um, but we know that God knows, and that's a good thing. I don't know how, how you find that time between uh, finishing a year and entering into a new year, if that's a, a pleasant, good experience for you or if that's something that's difficult. I don't know if it fills you with renewed hope and excitement or dread and despair or maybe a combination of both. Um, I don't know how this last year has been for you and um, what some of the highlights have been for you, what some of the difficulties and hardships have been. Uh, what I do know is that Jesus is still on the throne. Um, and every single promise that was true for us in 2023 is still true for us in 2024. So whilst 2023 will more often than not be very different to 2024, God remains the same through both years. God is consistent. Uh, and what I, what I appreciate about entering into a new year is that whilst technically it is not a new beginning, because often the key things in our lives remain the same, it can still feel it can, it can be an experience of a new beginning and we can approach who we are and what we do with fresh perspective, with fresh confidence, with fresh hope as we look towards a new opportunity to put Christ first in a new year. Um, and whilst we will not execute that perfectly in 2024, uh, we can have confidence that God is with us and God will help us as we imperfectly seek to love him um, and live for him with all that we are. There are three pitfalls when it comes to entering into and journeying through a new year, including this up and coming year. And the solution to these pitfalls can be found in what it is we're going to look at with the rest of this sermon. Uh, the first pitfall, as we go through this new year, we can journey through the entirety of the year with a sense of despair. Uh, we fall or we fail in some way or in many ways um, or we fail in something that, that we perceive as failure and it actually isn't failure. Um, we can experience perceived failure and the reality is it's not. And we think that our failure is fundamentally who we are as individuals. We let it define us and in defining us we allow despair and this despondency to run rampant in our hearts and in our minds. So we can experience despair in 2024. Um, that's the first pitfall. The second pitfall is that we can fall into this new year and we can journey through this year with pride. Uh, we experience some kind of success or achievement in this new year or perceived success or achievement and we actually start to think that it's something to do with us. We actually think that we in some way are amazing and you're not amazing, just a heads up. Uh, we believe a lie that we are the exceptional individual over and above everyone else. It leads to a worship of self and we discover pride creeping into the biggest and smallest areas of our lives. Uh, the final pitfall that we can fall into is, is apathy. Uh, we just don't care 
about how good or bad our year is or how it might be. Our objective is just to exist and to get through each day for the sake of getting through each day. Eat, drink, sleep, repeat. We don't have any goals or objectives for the new year. We don't seek to move into the new year in a healthy way because ultimately we don't care. Apathy. But I want to suggest that we avoid all of these pitfalls. At whatever point we might be tempted to pursue these pitfalls in 2024. And instead of despair, pride or apathy, we would instead choose to live in a manner that's reflective of what God's word says about us. Um, and we could look at many passages this morning that speak about what God in Christ has done for us. But I want us to shift our attention to Ezekiel 36 and verses 25 to 28. And God is speaking to his people and he's speaking through the prophet Ezekiel. And God says this, starting in verse 25, I will also sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. You will live in a land that I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. Amen. So Father, we, we pray that you would take this passage and that you would use it. Anything that's of me, Lord, I pray that you would remove that. And anything of you, Lord, I pray that you would allow that to remain in our hearts and minds and that would remain to such a degree that it changes who we are in this new year. Amen. So this is an Old Testament passage, but it's very much a gospel passage. Um, it's a passage that speaks of what God would one day do for his people. Uh, and my prayer for us this morning is that we would trust every single word of this passage for our 2024 and my hope is that we would not outright reject these words from God or partially receive these words from God. I think all of us would recognise there's truth in, in what we read here. But the danger is we partially receive what God's word says. And then we say, yeah, but. So we recognise this is God's word, this is true. Yeah, but, whatever it might be. Yeah, but I, I can't possibly live in light of what these words say because of this problem, or this experience, or this situation in my life. I want us not to have that yeah but after Ezekiel 36, 25 to 28. Instead, I want us to wholeheartedly accept everything of what God has said to us through this prophet, and that's it. That, that's our full stop. We would remain in the words of this prophet. And we would choose to live by these words and under these promises in this new year. And yes, God is speaking here to his people, the Israelites, but he's also speaking to us today because we are God's people as well. And this morning we need to exercise what John, John Stott describes as double reading. We look to understand what Ezekiel was saying then, but we also look to understand what God is saying through his word and through this prophet now. And so instead of despair, pride, apathy in 2024, we instead choose to live by this passage of scripture in the new year. And as for, the first thing that we see from this passage is this, instead of despair, pride or apathy, let us live in light of this first reality. The forgiveness of God cleanses us. The forgiveness of God cleanses us. 
Verse 25. I will also sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols. Ezekiel here connects God's full and complete forgiveness towards his people with God's cleansing power so that we are completely changed. God forgives, meaning God cleanses. And his forgiveness and cleansing is a full and complete work within each one of us. And his forgiving and cleansing work for each one of us, it's only ever possible because Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. So the work of Christ on the cross means that we are forgiven and we are cleansed. Amen. 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 The old hymn, Nothing But The Blood, goes like this. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So we're not only forgiven, we're cleansed. We're made clean. And notice from Ezekiel that his forgiveness... God's forgiveness which cleanses us makes us not only free from our, our impurities or our sins, it also makes us free from the things that cause us to sin. Our idols. The things that we tend to worship, they no longer have power over any one of us because we're in Christ. It's not only the fact that we're free from sin, we're free from the things that then cause us to sin as well. A number of years ago, uh, in a different country, I was in a motorbike, a motorbike uh, crash. Um, and the reason why I crashed the motorbike is because my friend and I managed to convince the owner of the, motorbi the motorbike rental shop that we were competent motorbike riders. Um, and it wasn't just that I crashed the motorbike, I crashed the bike into an open sewer as well. Um, and it left me and the bike covered in sewage it left the bike broken and it left a wee woman who was sitting in a park watching this whole thing unfold before her eyes, laughing in hysterics. And from that place of being in a sewage up to my waist with the bike, I had to do three things. I had to lift the bike out of all of that sewage. I had to wash the bike clean. I had to take the bike back to the rental shop and I had to pay for all the damages, about $250 in total. Uh, and the damages were extensive. And this is what, in some way, this is what Christ has done for each one of us. Because he jumps into that spiritual sewer. He is with us in all of that sewage, that spiritual sewage in our lives. The impurities of our lives. And he doesn't just leave us there, he lifts us out of that spiritual sewer. And he doesn't just lift us out, he washes us completely clean. And he doesn't just wash us completely clean, he pays a price for all the damage that has been caused. And when you understand that this is what Jesus has done for you, that through his forgiveness, he meets you where you're at, he lifts you out of your sewer, he cleanses you and he pays the ultimate price to do that, his own life then you'll discover something very interesting about 2024. You'll have no room for despair. You will not carry a strong desire for pride. Apathy will not be on your radar. In fact, your eyes will not be fixed on you at all. 
You will find yourself fixing your eyes upon the one who started your faith and upon the one who will complete your faith. And when you do that, you will be free to live this life in him, through him and for him. And let me encourage you and promise you this morning, there is no better life than that. No better life than a life that has been forgiven, cleansed and transformed. And this leads us on to a second reality we find in this passage. The Spirit of God transforms us. So God forgives and it cleanses us, but the Spirit of God also transforms us. And we now draw to, to what it is that God through Ezekiel speaks about in verses 26 to 27. We read this. God says, I will promise, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. I don't know about you, but I love these words. I love these words. I love how optimistic they are. I love how hopeful they are. I love how powerful they are. When I think of the difficulties I have when it comes to sin, the challenge of sin in my own life, and when I compare that challenge with the power of what I read here in this passage, they cannot compete. There is no comparison. The Word of God, through the Spirit of God, completely obliterates any attempt of the flesh and the devil to get me to sin because of the promises we find in this passage. Now, the heart in biblical terms is the epicenter of who you are. All of your actions, all of your words, all of your thoughts, all of your desires stem from there, your heart. When the Bible speaks of a heart, it speaks of who we are internally, which always reflects who we are externally. And so before faith in Christ, our hearts, spiritually speaking, and all that was going on from the inside out, was consistently producing sin that would lead to death. And God took that spiritually dead, lifeless, stony heart and through his Holy Spirit, he gave us a new one. And that means that when our hearts are transformed, the entirety, the totality of our lives are also transformed. Our old hearts, empowered by the flesh, drove us to walk in full and complete disobedience. But our new hearts, praise God, our new hearts, empowered by the Spirit, will drive us to walk in full and complete obedience. And you see, this is a, a, you see this in a very tangible way, um, and I think we can all testify to this. When we think about people who have came to faith in Christ, we've known them before we came to faith in Christ, and then we see what God has done in their life, and then we see the fruit of that life. Suddenly they have new desires to read their Bible, to pray, to spend time with God's people, to share of what God has done for them to those who don't know Jesus, there's a, there's a change that takes place in their life. And it's undeniable. Why? Well, their hearts have been completely changed, completely transformed by the Spirit of God, meaning our new people are transformed, renewed. Now, if you're a Christian this morning, this has to be your understanding as you go into 2024. It has to be. There's no other option for us. You cannot enter this new year believing in some subtle or explicit way that you haven't been changed by God through his spirit from the inside out. We can't do that. That's a lie of the devil. If you don't believe that the spirit of God has transformed your heart, then you will not, and this is an absolute guarantee, you will not live for Christ. 
If you don't believe you've been changed, you will not live for Jesus. Because none of us can think we can live for God and at the same time not believe, not live by the promises that he has given to us through his word. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So you have to hold on to this truth and apply it to our practical everyday living on a regular basis in 2024. That's if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, what's stopping you today? What's holding you back from following Christ today? Today, if you want to be forgiven, if you want to be cleansed, if, if you want to be transformed, then you can welcome Jesus into your life today. You can experience his love and his grace. And I can absolutely guarantee this morning, that is the most precious and powerful thing you can do in your life. From now until the end of your life, there's nothing more life-changing than that. And that brings us on to our final point this morning. Uh, the love of God unites us. So the forgiveness of God cleanses us. The Spirit of God transforms us. And final, final point, the love of God unites us. Verse 28 of our passage, God through Ezekiel says this. You, speaking of God's people, so for each one of us today, you will live in the land that I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. And here we see the undeniable connection that God has between himself and his people. There's a bond of love between God and his people. And as we see in so many other parts of scripture, this connection, this identification is rooted in a deep love that God has for his people. And it's precisely why God describes his people as my people. And speaking of himself in relation to his people, he says, I will promise, I will be your God. And there's reciprocity here. The relationship that God has with each one of us is a picture of a loving and a healthy relationship that a loving and good father has with his children. And because this is true, we get to love him back with the spirit that indwells within us. So this is an incredible deal that God has given to us. And what an incredible opportunity we have in 2024. And you may not be fully aware of this this morning, but the God that we worship at Denison Baptist Church is a God who loves us more than anyone we know in our life. God loves us more than anyone else who we know in our lives who also loves us. Speaking of the church, Jesus prays this to God the Father in John 17 and verse 23. And it's so important we understand this this morning. Jesus prays this, he says, I am in them, speaking of his people, and you, speaking of the Father, you are in me, so that they may be made completely one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, God's people, as you have loved me. So the same love that God the Father has for God the Son is the same love that God has for you. Let me say that again. The same love that God the Father has for God the Son is the same love that God has for you. That's incredible. What an incredible thought for us to contemplate in this new year. The same love that God has, Father to Son, is the same love that God has for us. And he loves you so much that he is with you when things are going well, when you're blessed in 2024, but he's also with you and he wants to help you when it's tough, when it's difficult, when life seems impossible. In fact, I would say from experience, 
we know God in a much deeper way when it is tough, when it is hard, when life does seem impossible. Take stock this morning of what Claire posted on Wednesday past. 1 John 4.10 It is something we all need to ground ourselves in for the new year. 1 John 4.10 Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Do we understand this? Denison Baptist Church, do we get the love that God has for us? It's one thing understanding this in our heads. It's another thing experiencing this in our lives. So we're not finished yet, but I'm going to just pray for us that we comprehend the love of God towards us, that it would unite us more closely with him, not just at a head level, but at an experiential level. And I want us to pray but as we comprehend the love of God towards us, it would also unite us as a church family in increasing measure. That the more and more we understand how much God loves us, it increases love towards one another. That our unity together as a church is centered in Christ. And all that he is, and all that he has done for us, and this would then cause unity horizontally with one another. So let me just take a moment to pray that. Uh, for us as we go into this new year. Father, we thank you for your love towards us and we, we thank you that, that you have made clear the nature of that love, that the love that God the Father has for God the Son is the same love that you have loved us with. And we pray that this would not just be something we understand, this is something that we would experience. And Lord, we, we, we're reminded of, of what Paul writes in Romans that that your love was shed abroad in our hearts so that we, we might, in a much deeper way, comprehend and experience the extent to which you care for us, the extent to which you love us, the extent to which you are with us in every season. So, Lord, may that be an experience that we have. And as we come to experience your love, may it also result in a deeper love for one another. May our church family here in Denison be characterised by love so that non-believers would enter in and they would see you as they see us love one another. We pray this for 2024. We ask that you would do this work. We recognise that we cannot manufacture this work. This is only ever a work of your spirit. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to more and more be a reality and presence in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So the forgiveness of God cleanses us. The spirit of God transforms us. The love of God unites us. If you want to cultivate these three gospel realities and in turn guard yourself from despair, pride, apathy, the question I want to ask as we close is this, how do we get there? How do we get to that place where we experience in a much deeper way God's forgiveness, God's spirit, God's love? so that we are cleansed, transformed, united in a much deeper way. One of the ways we can do this is to be in God's word every single day, uh, to spend time listening to what God has to say through his word. Now, let me just be clear, it's not a guarantee that if you read God's word on a regular basis or even on a daily basis in 2024, it's not a guarantee that you will then cultivate these realities in your life. Because more important than reading the word of God is the posture of your heart. 
So we have to come with the right attitude as we read God's word. But I would say with confidence, it is a guarantee that if you are not in God's word on a regular basis, consistently, daily, you will not be able to maintain a life that is fruitful. That's the truth. A life marked by the love of God, the spirit of God, the forgiveness of God, to cleanse us, transform us, and unite us as a life that has to be in his word every day. And we have to have the right heart attitude as we come before his word. So my encouragement to you, as we close out 2023, my invitation to you, shameless plug, is to make a plan for the new year. Um, make a plan for each day for when you're going to pray. And make a plan for when you're going to be in his word. We have two Bible reading plans for 2024. One for the ladies, one for the men. Um, we're going to read the same passages of scripture together. Uh, the men and the women each day. And we have opportunity to share uh, what we're learning together uh, as a church. And of course, there's, there's zero pressure to share anything at all. No expectation around that. But at the very least, I'm convinced you'll be encouraged and equipped by that daily time in the Word and that regular input from other people who might share, who have a desire to share. Now, why am I sharing this with you? And why do we do this every single year, end of, end of a year? We always talk about Bible reading plans. Why do we encourage you to read the Word with us? Why is this important? Because as I've said, there's no way you can be a faithful follower of Jesus without the Word of God being an undeniable central part of your life as you carry the right heart posture. So I invite you to join the men, join the ladies, as we journey together through the whole Bible in 2024. And as you seek God with all that you are through his word, I'm utterly convinced it's going to guard you from despair. It's going to protect you from pride. It's going to keep you from apathy. I'm convinced of it. Uh, this morning, uh, we want to give you opportunity to respond now. And we're going to just respond uh, through song, not just through song. We're going to worship together as a church family. We're going to worship and give God thanks for all that he has done for us. And it might just be a moment as we sing together just to recognize one of the ways in which God has been faithful to you in 2023 and just to say, thank you, Jesus, that you helped me in this, this moment, in this instance. Um, if you would like to be prayed for after our time together, we're going to have tea and coffee after the service. And this is a time for us to have fellowship and to connect but it's also space to be prayed for as well. So, so do speak with us. This happens on a, a regular basis. People are prayed for within the life of this church because we recognize the importance of prayer. Um, it may be the case this morning you want to give your life to Christ. You've never done that before. You can do that today. Uh, what a valuable and precious thing you can do as you make a decision to follow him. Uh, or it may just be something that you're facing right now. You feel overwhelmed by a situation or a struggle in your life then do speak with us and we can pray for you. It might be the case there's a sickness or illness you have or maybe someone you know is struggling through something or who is unwell, then we would ask for God's healing power upon that person, upon that situation. Um, we're also going to respond by coming to the table. This table here represents all that Christ has done for us. It is a visual picture of his perfect sacrifice for each one of us. And as we come to the table, we are remembering the extent to which he loves each and every one of us. It's a moment to remember his great love. He chose to die for each one of us. 
That's the extent of Christ's love. He chose to die in our place for our sins. But it's also a moment for us to recognise, is there something I'm carrying today? Is there sin in my own life that I need to confess before I come to this table? Do I need to confess sin in my own life? Something where I know I'm falling short of who God has called me to be. So I would invite you not to come to this table lightly, but just to recognise, is there some area in my life where I do need to confess? And as you do that, hold on to the promise that he is faithful and just to forgive you of all sin, to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So we recognise God's great love for us by dying for us. And we recognise this is an opportunity to confess. This table, it's for anyone who would say, I follow Jesus, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus. Through this table, we recognise that we are cleansed, that we are transformed. And we are now united. We are one in him and one with one another. For anyone who's not sure, for anyone who's maybe still on a journey of faith, um, still trying to work out what this is all about, um, we would invite you not to come to the table this morning. Instead, our invitation would be for you to observe, to even pray and ask that God would speak to you through this moment or through this time of worship. And we are confident that God will reveal himself to you as you are open to him. So, opportunity to worship through song, to come to the table, to have fellowship through tea and coffee, but also to be prayed for after our time. That's, that's our plan for the, for the rest of the service. It was on the night in which he was betrayed that Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is for you. And in the same way he took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. For as we take this bread... And we drink this cup. What are we doing but proclaiming the Lord's death until he one day returns. And we are closer to that day than ever before. So this Hogmanay, we take this bread. We drink this cup as God's family and we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace towards me. Thank you that today I have the opportunity to say no to sin and yes to your plan and purpose. Not only for today, but for this new year. So that's our prayer. Let's, let's pray together. Let's ask that God would, would bless us. Father, we, we commit um, the rest of our time to you. Uh, this morning, we thank you that, that your word is alive and at work. And, and we pray that, that by your spirit, you would really um, root what we have looked at today deep inside our hearts uh, so that your word does not leave us, but it remains within us. And that word remaining within us would actually cause us to pursue you wholeheartedly. Lord, we're, we're tired of, of superficial Christianity. We, we don't want to, to live a life that is surface level faith. Lord, we, we want to live a life that is fully and completely radical for you. Lord, we, we want to be rooted in you. And we pray, Lord, that you would forgive us of lukewarmness, you would forgive us of unrepentant sin in our lives. You would forgive us of half-heartedness and that you would help us to be a people who recognise the incredible reality of being forgiven, of being transformed, of being united. Because the gospel is real, the gospel is true. We have seen the gospel at work in our own lives and we pray that the gospel would be ever increasingly at work in our lives in 2024 and in the lives of those who have yet to come to faith in you. So bless us now as we now respond in these various ways. 
In Jesus' name, amen.